Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. We are continuing our series in Colossians. And that is a letter that was written to the church in Colossae from the Apostle Paul. And uh, they got off on some things, and they were doing great in some other things. But but what this letter really does, and, and this is when you know God was moving on Scripture, is it proclaims far more than it just teaches. And it talks about the supremacy of Christ, like Christ being Christ, the one. The, the image of the invisible God, as it says, something that just blew apart the whole deal. And, and you ever had that? You ever had the moments that blew apart, just blew your mind? So a while ago, if you don't know, I'm a moviegoer, moviegoer like huge movie buff. Love film, love going to movies. Um, went and saw uh, Black Widow a few days ago. It's all, it's all right. It's all right. It's not, it's not Marvel's best, not Marvel's worst. It's okay. If you're really excited, if you th- anybody here see it yet? Yeah, I'm not giving any spoilers away. Um, spoiler, then she died eventually in the Avengers, but not in this movie. Um, and uh, if you're like, I haven't seen it yet. Well, it was like five years ago. So, um, so, so anyway, it, it, but, but I learned this trick. So AMC theaters in particular, it, the best part about AMC versus all other theaters is you put on your own butter. Now that's amazing, but there's there's more, okay? So it's got a it's got a little nozzle there and you, you, you can hold down the button, right? And then COVID, you couldn't because somehow putting your own butter on spreads COVID. So um, but now now you can put your own butter back on again. It's very exciting. Um, but but here's the better part, okay? What you do is when you get your drink, grab an extra straw, take it to the butter dispensing machine. Take the straw out and put it on the nozzle and then into your bucket. Yes, even healthy lubricant <laughs> into the tub, into, into distributing among, among the bucket. My mind was blown. <laughs> no longer just on top, but throughout, <laughs> right? Anybody here been halfway through the theater and you're like, I got to go back? It's dry. The Lord would spew this out of his mouth. And so will I. Hillsong. Okay, so. So. So it just blew my mind. Like, this is the moment. This is amazing. And every time now. And I kid you, almost every time. I'm like an evangelist for this now. So I'll be, I'll be there putting it in there. And somebody else will see me. And, and you, some people, nobody's ever like, oh, don't do that. They're always like. That's amazing. You're an amazing person. It's true, I am. So and it blew my. It's just awesome. Just movie going experience gotten way better. My wife is in nursery today, so it's just easier to share this story because she'll later on be like, "You do what?" <laughs> it's like, I'm telling you, it's awesome. So, um, so if you haven't ever done that, now you're. Anybody want to see a movie today? Now, yeah, that's right. Go, go. Grab two straws and 
and empty that thing out. <laughs> uh, make him have to refill it. So it blew my mind. Well, the book of Colossians, speaking of transitions, blew everybody's mind as a Christian. Blew their mind because what happened is Paul was an apostle's apostle. Like, and, but not only that, he was a Pharisee's Pharisee. So he's not a guy who should believe in Jesus. Because to believe in Jesus makes him not just a heretic, but worthy of death. Because if Jesus isn't who he says he is, he should have died the death that he did. Right? He deserved that death. Because you're not a good God if you claim to be God, but you're not. That's Anybody here know like, man, Dan is awesome, but he does think he's the savior of mankind. That's the one thing I don't like about Dan. Like, no, no, you wouldn't hang out with Dan. You'd say Dan needs help. Right? But if Jesus is who he says he is, then that changes everything. And Paul is a guy who actually traveled around trying to arrest and kill Christians. He stood by as the very first Christian Stephen was killed. He, he stood there and watched. He held the guy's coats like, yeah, you want to kill him? Yeah, give me your coat. Go for it. How does that guy go from there to what it is now where he's writing this letter saying, Jesus is everything. Something happened to him. And either he, either he went crazy or he found out who Jesus really is. He had a revelation. He had a moment that changed everything, that blew his mind, that changed, that changed the whole trajectory of his life, right? That's happened in the world a lot of different times, right? Uh, Nicholas Copernicus, a scientist, is, is the one credited for heliocentric theory. Anybody remember what that is? We revolve around the sun, not the universe revolving around us. If you taught that before, for some people that was heresy. Get you in prison, could get you killed. Copernicus is like, I, I, don't, I don't think this is right. And there were others, Galileo. One that came after Copernicus, Isaac Newton. You heard of him? Discovered the law of gravity. And that law of gravity, and now here's the cool thing about Isaac Newton. People say Christianity and science are at odds. They are not. Science is part of creation, and that comes from our creator. Science is from God. It's of God. Okay? And, and Isaac Newton was a believer. And as he discovered gravity from Copernicus's theory that we revolve around the sun, and that's how everything retains here because the problem with believing everything revolves around the earth is why didn't everything then cave in on the earth? It didn't fully make sense. But once we began to discover, no, everything revolves around the sun. See, that's the best part of finding out about Jesus. When you realize everything revolves around the son of God and not me, everything doesn't weigh in on you anymore. Everything doesn't depend on you. It's not on you anymore, and that's what Paul discovers. And so we talked about the first section last week. We're going to read the next section now. And this section sets up the premise for the whole rest of the book of Colossians. It's like this poem about who Jesus is. So let's read it together. Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 15. Christ is the image of the invisible God. 
He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead, so he's first in everything For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he's reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he's brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Sorry, Calvinists. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. I want to pray really quick. God, I pray that you would speak today and have your way. Not my words, not what I want to say, not my agenda, not Thrive's agenda, yours. That you would, as your word proclaims, be supreme uh, supreme in this place. Have your way, in Jesus' name. Amen. The supremacy of Christ. Here's another way of saying it, and this is what we're going to drive home today. It's all about Jesus. Okay, now you got to say it with me loud and proud. It's all about Jesus. Verse 15 says that. That's where it starts. He's the image of the invisible God. What does God look like? Jesus. I wonder what God is like. Jesus. Everybody remember that song way back? What if God was one of us? Man, I hated that song because I was always like, he was. His name was Jesus. Where have you been? You know, like, have you really never heard of Jesus? He was one of us. And he points us back to himself. If you want to know what God looks like, he looks like Jesus. What does God act like? He acts like Jesus. What does God talk like? He talks like Jesus. Yeah, I think you're following me, right? You're tracking. He doesn't look like anything else. And that's the best part of it. He's not like other gods. I've said this other times, but every other system of religion in the world is about getting ourselves up to God. Christianity, the belief in Jesus Christ, is the only religion where God says, you cannot get to me, I come to you. Really, think about the concept. Every, as, 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 one, as one Muslim person once said, Islam is all about being 51% good and then hoping Allah will then find you good in your 51% and allow you into heaven. There are systems of Christianity which have, which have gone off straight and said, you still, you still have to earn it. You still have to be good enough. 
It's, and if you're Catholic, we love you here today. Thanks for coming. But some of, not all of, some Catholic churches believe that you still have to then be good to a certain point. Now, look, we believe Jesus makes us holy. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to believe he changes our wants and desires, and we have to partner with making the right choices. But we still don't earn our way into heaven. Salvation is a free gift from Jesus, and then we don't earn our holiness. Jesus then walks us down that road and says, hey, I'm with you. I'm arm in arm with you. I'm going to make you better. I'm going to move you down this thing. I'm going to draw you closer to my heart. It is all about Jesus. It's not about other stuff. We make it so many, so many times we make it about other stuff. Verse 16 says he's at creation. Creation was made through him. Jesus has always been there. He's not new. <laughs> he was new to us when he came, but he's always been. He is part of what we would call the Trinity. I did not to- coin that term. It's been around a while. We believe in one God and three persons. We do not believe in three gods, okay? We believe in one God and three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And they never act apart. They never move apart. They are one. They act as one. So if you're like, well, I spent too much time on the Son and not so much on the Spirit. Not possible. They're one. I've been saying Jesus too much and not Holy Spirit. They don't care. They're one God. Now, can you get weird? Are there weird people with it who become oneness people? And it's like, Jesus only. I don't believe in the Father. Well, Jesus did, so you're wrong. Well, I don't believe in the Spirit. I believe in Jesus. Well, Jesus did, so you're wrong. I don't believe in the Bible. Well, Jesus did, so you're wrong. And if it's all about him and he believed in the word, and then he said, I am the word, I'm the living word, then we believe in the word. And if he said, I and the Father are one, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me, that means he believes in the Father, he's from the Father, he's of the Father and the representation of the Father, we believe in the Father. And if he says the helper is going to come, the Holy Spirit's going to be there, he's going to lead you, guide you, convict you, empower you, then we believe it too. But it's all about Jesus. It's about him, and he's always been. It's Paul, for, for Paul to make this claim changes everything. Do, do you know who Paul was? And we just talked about it. A man who believed that killing Christians was a good idea because they were dangerous. Right now, right? How many people, don't point, know somebody that if you disagree with them, they're almost willing to do physical harm? Anybody? Don't point. Just raise your hand if you say, I know somebody. <laughs> and is it, is it me or is our culture becoming more and more like that? So did you say we're not evolving? <laughs> we're devolving, right? If we're willing to cause somebody pain and hurt with who we disagree with, that's who Paul was, and then Jesus gets a hold of him. And he puts his sword away, and he picks up another one, the word of God. And that's his sword now. And for him to say, no, 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 Jesus isn't, he's not just God's son. He is God. Both are true. 
and he has always been. Creation was made through him. He was there at the beginning. He holds all things together. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is not off an offshoot of God. We aren't Mormons here, okay? He is God. He's not God's creation. He is not creation, now, God describes him as God's son, and that's true, but always. There's no point before creation where Jesus was born. It said, well, it just says the firstborn of our creation. Yes, that's not literate. <laughs> that's, that's not meant to be taken as, oh, Jesus was born at some point. No, Paul's making a poetic point. Before all things, Jesus was. He's always been. Creation came through him. You and I, you are breathing today because Jesus said, I want you to exist. God has a plan for your life because Jesus said, I want you to, I want you to walk the earth. Jesus designed you. He's part of your story. See, sometimes we meet around. I do it in my own life. Like, well, uh, I, I think I, God the Father made me and then Jesus saved me. <laughs> nope, that's not how God works. That's not how the Trinity works. God the Father saved you. God the Father made you. Jesus made you. Jesus saved you. It's all the same. One. So you can say it any which way you want. One God who came in a person of Jesus Christ, made you, designed you. And it it goes on to say that, right? Verse 17, and he holds us. Here's the best news. It's always been about Jesus. It is about Jesus. It's still about Jesus. This church has five different things that we want to be about, but this is number one. They don't have numbers on them. But if we had to number them, right there, Jesus. We don't have to number them because there's no test. But it's all about Jesus. It's all, and it says he holds all things. When you're falling apart, he's holding you. Jesus holds you. He holds you together. How does he do that? By the Holy Spirit, but he holds you. And you're like, God, hold my hand. You know what he does? He holds your hand. Well, I can't feel it. Well, God isn't a feeling. He's a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. He exists, and he, not only that, he still exists, and he's holding the universe together. Do you know if you, if you actually pulled scientists in, the best scientific minds of our time, they could still not tell you why the universe stands like it does. Why every planet, every, every system of gravity, moons and stars and, and rings around Saturn, why does it perfectly set the way it does? And, and as far as we can tell, we're the only planet in all of the cosmos that has living organism on it, uh, uh, not just communicate, but uh, built giant societies, right? We're the only one. How is that possible? If we were any further from the sun, we'd freeze to death. Any closer, we would burn up. Why? Because Jesus holds it together. When you can't hold it together, it's okay because he does and he holds you. You don't have to hold it together. Why? Because it's all about Jesus. 
Say, man, I, I'm just not keeping it together. Good, nobody's asking you to. That's what Jesus does. In this place, you don't have to keep it all together. In this family of God, you don't have to have all your stuff together. Because nobody does. Jesus does. I don't pretend to. Somebody's like, you're different as a pastor. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that good. <laughs> but I know who is. Jesus is. It's not about me. It's not about the worship team. It's not about announcements. It's not about a cool youth group. And we got all that. But it ain't about that. It's about Jesus. It's about him. It's about knowing him and making him known. That's it. The way we say it here is encounter God, love people. We want you to know Jesus. Verse 16, what's it go on to say? That Christ is the head of the church. So pause for a second there. Really pay attention to this. There are churches. How many people have left the church before? Put your hand up. Don't, don't say a name. Just put your hand up. <laughs> First this down the road. Like, no, no, no. People leave churches. Do you know why people leave churches? One of two reasons. Always. Either one, they forgot it's all about Jesus, or two, the church forgot it's all about Jesus. Or both. <laughs> That's what happens. That's almost, unless, unless you're blessed and sent out, right? And, and that, like, uh, hey, God called me to Africa. Hey, God called me somewhere else, and, I, and, I, and it tore my heart out. That's fun. That's a different conversation. But in all the negative ways that somebody leaves a church is either because they're leaving Jesus or the church did. That's happening a lot now. Do you know 25% of church people who left in COVID will never return, statistically speaking right now? That means one in four people who went to church are never coming back. And what I would say to them, they can say, well, it's they're concerned, they're afraid. Fine, but to never come back? I would say, and I, I, yes, I'm saying it boldly, for them it wasn't about Jesus. Or it stopped being. Because they think it's about church. Mm-mm. Church is about Jesus. That's why we gather as a church. Right? Now, fine, if you're like, oh, that church isn't about Jesus. That happens too. That's the other side of it. Right? Man, they became all about this. They became all about that. Some people have been like, the church is all about money. Obviously. Um <laughs> That happens, though, right? Right? Well, we have seven elevators, one for each of our pastors. Man, we're looking for an extra cart. <laughs> you know? like, And good for you. Like, all right, I guess. More power to you. Anybody here? You've been to that church? Don't say the names. Okay? There's none around here. Um but, but where you've been, and, and then you're like, I just can't, it's, it, it feels like it's not about Jesus. It feels like it's not about transformation anymore. Not about God saving lives and transforming them. See, that's why we're here. And I'll tell you, you, and you all know over the last year and a half, there were a lot of moments, <laughs> last year and a half, the last five years, okay, I'm like, God, are you there? Because nobody else is. <laughs> 
the only people laughing are the ones who've been here for five years. <laughs> like, I remember that day. We sat in different rows to look, make the room look full. <laughs> yeah, so funny. <laughs> right? But those are the moments where, like, but we've got to believe the gospel still works. Jesus still changes lives. He's still on the throne. And that's why we gather. COVID is scary. Going to hell, more scary. So that's why we continue to gather. Because we believe people meet Jesus here. And get to know Jesus better. And make Jesus known from leaving from here. But we believe that is, that's way more important than anything than anything. So if you have a problem with the church, just realize you have a problem with Jesus Christ because this is his body. That's what the Bible says. That's not me. It's his body. Has anybody ever said to you, hey, I I really like your face, but everything from the neck down, I don't care for. (laughs) Thanks. Can we hang out more? No. No. No, if your spouse is saying that, you got bigger problems. But, you know, like, no, you and I, like, I like talking with you, but do I have to look at you? What if you're going to movies? No. Oh, look, full circle. So, anyway, but that whole idea, like, no, your friendship at that moment is at the very least strained, if not over, right? Because friendship says, I accept you as you are. Can I pick on Tony, stand up for a second. Just pick up, stand up for just one second, Tony. So now if I were to say to Tony, you know, your face is fine, but from the neck down, it's just I'm disappointed. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, you'd be like, Brian, I would have that conversation with you, not as much with Tony. <laughs> right? Because Tony is toned. <laughs> Tony's in good shape, right? Okay? But there are people who do that with Jesus' church every day, no matter how awesome, great, and amazing it is, how good-looking, they'd still be like, I don't like that. You're too tan. Right? They just do that. We do that to Jesus' church all the time. You can sit. Thank you, Tony. (laughs) We do it to Jesus' church all the time. It can be awesome, and it's not enough because we forgot that it's his body. We detach the church from who Jesus is all the time. And that's a dangerous proposition. Don't get me wrong. Churches hurt us. They let us down. They do stupid stuff. I'm sorry, Tony. You'll have to forgive me. See, right there. I just did something stupid. And, and, and hopefully you'll have and forgive me anyway. But, but, that's, that's, but it's okay because it's not about, it's not about me. It's not about the building. It's not even about everybody in here. But it is about Jesus. And if Jesus says, hey, I'm all about this, we're all about it. And he's all about the church. We make a huge mistake when we think, I can follow Jesus, and I don't need to be a part of his body. Jesus and the church, it's a little different now. Jesus and the church have this thing like Joseph and Mary did. They have what would be called an arranged marriage. And think about an arranged marriage is in, in, almost, any, in almost any culture. Correct me if I'm right on this, Tony. You're, even before you're married, you're married. Am I right? Is that a good way to say that? Yeah. 
You don't mess around before you're married because in an arranged marriage, it's arranged. This is happening. You belong to them, and the church belongs to Jesus Christ. If I was engaged to my wife, a couple people hit on my wife when we were engaged. And they were really lucky I was 1,000 miles away because I would have hit on them too. (laughs) And there was one or two I had a conversation with. She lived in Dallas. I was in Wisconsin. It's a long story. She was at Bible college finishing when I was out in ministry. But when I would visit her, I would find one or two of those people, and we would talk. (laughs) Right? Because we have an arrangement. I belong to them, and they belong to me. That sounds like property, and that's sexist. It goes both ways. And yeah, to an extent, it's property. I'm hers. As and many ages ago, MC Emmer said, you can't touch this. <laughs> now, that being said, that's not a problem for me. It seems to be okay. Thank God. <laughs> right? But there's still, occasionally, my wife is beautiful. Men will be like, hey, and I'll be like, hey. I belong to her and she belongs to me. And the church belongs to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ belongs to the church. So if you quit on it, you're quitting on a lot more than you think you are. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Verse 19 to 20, then it says, he, he fixed, here's what it says, Jesus fixed everything. Creation, all right? Everything, including you and me, is about Jesus. You may not know it, but your life is all about Jesus. Now, you can reject it. You can say, no, I don't want it. I don't want him. I don't want to follow him. I don't want to do that. Okay, that's fine, but you are meant to be all about Jesus. That is what our lives are all about. You and I breathe because Jesus gives us breath. You and I think because he gives us the freedom of thought. You and I pursue and have choice because he gives us the power of choice. You cultivate your garden in your backyard because he gives creation life and breath and the ability to cultivate itself. He allows all of that. And in a moment, he can stop it. In a moment, he can say, no, that's as far as this goes. Right, we talked about it last week. World War II, right? Winston Churchill running in after Pearl Harbor's bombed, and he says, we've won the war. And they're like, why? Because they bombed Pearl Harbor. Everybody in the room is like, that doesn't seem like a win. And he says, don't you know, they woke the sleeping giant. Here's what I think that was. God's finger, not America, okay? Don't make it an American theology thing. I think that was the finger of God saying, enough. It's gone far enough. And that's who God is, in charge of everything, supreme over all. We are small creation. He is gigantic creator. What's so amazing is that amazing, awesome God who can just, just by the dash of his finger, draw a line in the sand and say no more, and it stops, becomes a man and packages all that up into a person and humbles himself that much. Right? To make peace with mankind. 
verses 19 and 20. It says he made peace with man. It says something in those verses. Now, a lot of people use that verse about how God made everything okay. Universalists, progressives, things like that, they actually try and take that verse and say, see, you can believe whatever you want to believe because God made peace with everything. The problem is, with the Bible, as like much of life, context is everything. If I say, oh, that's terrible, and I'm in the middle of a wedding during their ceremony, they're going to be like, what? But if then you, like, see, I'm checking the scores of the game on my phone, they're going to be like, oh, still a stupid move, but better. <laughs> right? Context does matter. Well, in the context of God's word, you have to know what the whole thing says, not parts of it. Well, if you keep reading, it says, we were enemies of God. And you've been reconciled. Without Jesus, this is a hard truth, but without the one who really it centers around, who everything revolves around, who is supreme over all, God of the universe, without that one in our hearts and lives, you and I are enemies of God. I was talking with somebody the other day, a mature Christian, and I said, but don't, don't you realize, that? but they're good, and they were like, but they're a good person. I said, but if they don't know Jesus, they're not. I mean, we're not good on our own. We are not good. And if you think we are, look at the history of the world. Turn on the news now. Without Jesus, we are not good. We are enemies of God. We are at odds with God. And I, and I began to say, this, and this is a mature Christian, I said, but they're, en- they're an enemy of God. And they're like, well, that seems harsh. I'm like, that's not my words. That's the Bible. That's God's word. He said that to us. If we aren't in on Jesus and Jesus isn't inside of us, we are opposed to him. So I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just open to, I'm open to a lot of things. Well, Jesus wasn't. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Narrow is the road to life. but Wide is the road to destruction. Robert Morris, uh, pastor of Gateway Church in Dallas, said it this way. What does that mean? Narrow is the road to life, but wide is the road to destruction. It means more people end up in hell than in heaven. You can get a lot more people on a wide road. I believe there are many paths, but that's not what Jesus said. You cannot be okay with Jesus and think he's cool and think the road is wide because he said it's not. You don't realize it, but you're an enemy of God. But Jesus is also, he's also the reason, the example, the embodiment that God doesn't want to be enemies with us. He wants to call us friend. Some of you this week, you've done things, you're like, I feel like a jerk. And the Lord has whispered to you like, hey, hey, let's be friends again. There's not a day that goes by where the whisper of God to humanity through the cross of Jesus Christ isn't, I want to be your friend. 
And I got to be honest, I'm a, I grew up in church. I grew up in a Pentecostal, a holiness, jump in the aisles type church. And there are days I just feel like I, I'm, I'm not good enough. And when I hear the message of Jesus Christ that says, I love you, I want to be your friend, I want to set you free, I still don't believe it. Because I'm like, it's too good. It's too good. How could you want that with me? I said it before. Some people are blown away by the message that they think, how could God judge the world? How could God send people to hell? How could a good God do that? And I'm always like, I can see it. I get it. <laughs> We're terrible. My, my question is, how, how could he save us? We're awful to each other. We say and do the worst things. Is there anybody in this room who says there's nothing in my life I'm not ashamed of? Right now, right? I mean, there's a whole war over critical race theory across the country. Saying, get repent of your whiteness. Man, I'll repent of everything. I am sinful and wicked, but Jesus saves. He made peace. He makes us right. He makes us whole. It's all about Jesus. Nothing else. Stop making it about other stuff. I just got to be a good dad. You do. But more than that, you got to have Jesus. And Jesus can make you a good dad. I've got to be better with this and that and the other. Maybe. Jesus, ask, go back to the well. Go back to the living water. Go back to the Savior. Go back to the foot of the cross. And just keep going back there. Churches fall apart, dissolve divide and it's not over mass or vax or distancing or race or blood. it's about forgetting it's all about Jesus that's what's tearing the church apart and that's also what's saving it the churches that are growing that God are moving in are not the ones who are political it's the ones who get to the foot of the cross and say you know what I'm staying here I'm staying with Jesus, and I'm not moving. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10.